Hello, is there anyone on here? Hello. Okay, well, this isn't working. So. Something happened. Hello? Yeah, we can hear you. Hello? Hey, sorry I'm late. Mm -hmm. Having a few uh, logistical challenges today. Grateful to be with you. Yeah. Very, very grateful. Let us jump in with a prayer. And so we take a breath of love and gratitude. So grateful, so thankful. Open into our heart, into our mind, into the power and the presence of love. So grateful and so thankful to join together for the holy purpose of remembering our true nature and our true identity is already complete. That it is our very nature to have the peace that passeth human understanding. So we're grateful and thankful to accept it for ourselves and our brothers and sisters this day and every day. So grateful to open ourselves to that partnership with each other, that our conversation is a divine dialogue that spirit is having with itself by means of us. So grateful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us in every aspect of our dialogue. So grateful to declare that the purpose of our conversation is our awakening and our healing and that it's happening now. We don't have to wait. We are grateful and thankful to consciously say yes. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's say hello, and uh, I'm gonna invite uh, the folks on the west coast to start. We'll go west to east. Hi, it's Carla. Hey, Carla. Anybody in the middle? Northeast. Hi there, this is Rich and Karen in beautiful Rhode Island. Hey, Rich and Karen. And Linda's here from Erie, Pennsylvania. Hey, Linda. Hello. Mm. This is Hi. In Hey, Lawrence. And who is it with the 917 phone number? This is Anna Marie. Hey, Anna Marie. Hi. Hi. Great. Well, um, some of you were in the class 
yesterday it was a great class and uh, for for our discussion today since the the world of effects has been so tumultuous in the last 24 48 hours uh, since particularly since the MLC2 class yesterday uh, I thought let's let's talk about how we deal with uh, the effects in the world and whether or not we let it disturb our peace and how we work the course in these situations and circumstances and how we help others as well. And um, so now it's for me, it's nine o'clock in the morning. And so uh, uh, let's see. Yes, all of you have spent the day in the United States. Presumably, you might be talking with other people, engaging with other people who are having an experience around this election and uh, your own uh, mental and emotional reactions, responses to the election. So let's, uh, let's talk about it. And who, who has something that they feel like they would like to share or contribute or get off their mind? I'll share. Um, so this was really tough for my sister, um, who is gay and is married to her wife. Uh, they live in New York. And um, so she's having a really hard time dealing with um, friends and coworkers that voted for Trump. Um, because um, her and Sam are really concerned that um, Trump will appoint somebody to the Supreme Court that could reverse the same-sex marriage ruling and um, that they would no longer be married. So... Um, I basically told her that, um, first of all, we just have to wait and see what happens and pray for the best and um, know that his constituents are going to hold him accountable for the promises that he made to them. And so... You know, he may he may have his hands a little too full to even deal with that issue. So, yeah, she, I mean, she was up all night. She said she slept maybe two hours, and it was um, challenging to see her so distraught over it. But I certainly can understand why she is. So what do you think her thoughts are around it? Well, she said her her biggest concern it really isn't about the the paper that they're married. It would be more about um, decisions that would be made at the end of their lives. You know, um, if they're not married. Would that mean that um, 
you know, either of their wishes wouldn't be honored. Mm-hmm. That the other, you know, that either my sister or her wife have discussed about what the end of their life would look like. So they wouldn't have the rights of a spouse. Right. Absolutely. That they'd only have the rights of a friend. Right. Mm -hmm. Which are no rights. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Understandable. Understandable. Now, let's say your sister was a counseling client of yours. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because you did the spiritual counseling intensive training and mm-hmm. uh, your certification program. If she was a counseling client of a, her yours, how would you help her look at it? Well, I did mention the, the story that um, Moira had told about um, the election that they had there in Australia and how the guy that was elected was like, not somebody that a good portion of the um, country had voted in, but that um, there was that incident with the shootings and um, he shocked everybody by uh, implementing those um, gun regulations that really made their country a better place to live. Mm-hmm. Um, So I would probably mention something similar to that Mm -hmm. Um, and just say that, um, you know, projecting into the future is is not helpful, though I can understand her concerns. Um, I'm not sure how else I would console her for that, to be honest with you. Yeah, so the thing that is upsetting her is she's projecting into the future right. that, that her future would be limited and that it would be, because of the limitations, it would be painful. Yes. And of course, it's not happening yet. So right. she, she's starting the, the suffering now just in case right yeah it's it's not what she would like in the future right uh which is what you know a large percentage of people do Mm -hmm. is they start the suffering now and uh you know i dipped into facebook yesterday and uh oh people are starting the suffering now Mm -hmm. you know they they can't be happy for the next four years Right. That, you know, they, they're going to unplug for the next four years. They're going to, you know, life is going to be hell. I mean, even students who've been long time core students are saying these things about, you know, uh, just so uh, intense about um, how bad things are going to get and how terrible this is and what a heinous, despicable man he is, and on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just think, wow. You know, they're, they're really processing some intense stuff there. They're completely making it real. Right. 
It's like realer than real, you know? Yeah. Live technicolor real. And I understand it. I understand it. You know, I had a flash yesterday of Trump in the Oval Office making decisions that affect the whole world and thinking, I, I don't trust him or his advisors that they would even have enough insight, knowledge, or information to make those decisions. Right. The kinds of people he selected to support him in his campaign, people who don't even understand what he believes. Right. You know, I was, so I had that flash and then I, I just realized, yeah, well, in some way that is going to serve God. And it's going to bring more peace, more love, more joy. Yeah. Um, but I had to process for a moment, like, oh, my feeling of, oh, that's not good. And then, mm-hmm. well, all things work together for good. How else could it be? Right. So, you know, I, I started really including him in my prayers uh, yeah, a while ago because uh, I just really, really feel all the leaders need our prayers. And uh, even if we don't agree with them, they still, you know, can benefit from our prayers. Why would we not include them? And as you know, my practice every day is to include every being of the earth mm-hmm. and every particle of life on this earth. It is definitely a time of constant violet flame. I would say uh, I spent half my night last night just invoking the violet flame for everybody, uh, myself included. And so with your sister or with someone who is fearing this future that's not actually happening, um, it's helpful to, in a very gentle way, to say, okay, so your fear is that something that might happen in the future would be very unpleasant for you. And um, you could say, well, are you, are you worried with the same intensity about possible um, terrorism in your neighborhood? Are you worried with the same intensity that your spouse could drop dead of a heart attack right in front of you? Right. Worried with the same intensity that you could get a car into a car accident every time you get in the car. How is it that this has more intensity for you than other things that could possibly happen? Mm-hmm. Why does this have more intensity for you? Yeah, I and, know she mentioned um, stuff about Mike Pence too, um, that he was involved in or believes in the deprogramming of homosexuals and that scares her too well lord knows if anybody's been involved in that they know what a big mess that is right and i don't know how you couldn't learn that from that yeah work i mean that is just a big stinking mess that stuff um so i would think you would you you just couldn't escape learning that the, the result is utter destruction and pain. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, uh, 
so potentially there are every day there potentially there are things that can happen people who live in LA every year the rains might come and for many people their house might just literally slide right down that that cliff that hill that mountain uh, or a fire might come and take their house away or like Sheila you know she lives Ooh. in a flood zone well there goes her house there goes her business but and it's been traumatic for her there's no question about that you wouldn't wish that on someone but she sees the blessings in it yeah so the question with anybody who's terrified about a potential future anyone including ourselves what is it that we in a sense like about thinking about that thinking about having a future we don't want Mm. What do you really like about that? Because I know for me, one of the patterns in my mind is uh, that w- it was so strong. It used to just, oh, just used to drive me insane was I would have, ca- I would have fantasies of having conversations with people that I was upset with. And I would have fantasies of having conversations of defending myself and attacking them and trying to find the very best way to defend myself and to tear them down. There's a tremendously um, strong pattern in my mind. And I would just keep going over and over and over and over and over and over having this uh, painful conversation, mm-hmm. trying to figure out how can I best play it to my advantage. So it's the use of our imagination to uh, consider what we don't want to have happen and to fully visualize it to the point where we literally experience it viscerally. Mm -hmm. It's like it's happening now. Right. So if you don't want to have it in the future, why would you continuously fantasize about having it happen now? It's like it's happening now. If you're fantasizing about it now. In your mind, it is happening now. So what yeah. is it that, that we like about that? What does anyone like about that? So I'm going to open it up to the whole group. And um, Jerry joined us. Hey, Jerry. Glad you're here. Oh, thank you. Likewise. Yeah. So what is it that our mind is attracted to when it comes to fantasizing about a future we don't want? What's actually happening in the mind then? Well, Jennifer, for me, um, what came up is that, gosh, there's two Americas out there and that other America, I don't understand. Just don't understand. Mm. I, um, I don't hang out with those people. I don't know who they are. I missed it. I missed it. I used to think I had a pretty good pulse on, you know, the attitude and perspectives of mainstream America, but I realized I don't. I was I was stunned. I was shocked last night, and that's that's what's coming up for me. I'm not I'm not so so fearful in a sense. I um, I did think today. I'm so glad my son um, is not in the military right now. 
and he's not, I'm so glad uh, he never had to go that route. That's what came up for me. And that how mm -hmm. I was uh, realized there's two Americas and the other America I knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I am afraid of, of uh, the potentiality of war with China. Hmm. Yeah, I can appreciate that. And, um, and, and let's talk about that. But let's just first, I, I'd like to talk about this issue of what is it that attracts us to fantasizing about experiences we really don't wish to have? What is that about? I think part of it is you feel like a victim. And so you can get sympathy from other people and um, gives you an excuse to play small in your life. Mm -hmm. And what's the advantage of those things? The sympathy, what's the advantage of that? Just getting attention. I don't know. What's the advantage of attention? Trying to get love. And what's the advantage of feeling like a victim? <laughs> I think because it sort of lets you feel like you're off the hook when things go wrong, maybe. I'm not sure. It allows you to give yourself an excuse when things aren't going the way you would like them to go, I think. You can blame that. Mm-hmm. I have a different take on it. Carla? Um, I think it's almost comforting. Once we decide how it's going to play out, it seems very real to us. And I think it's kind of comforting as opposed to the not knowing what's going to happen creates a lot of fear. So I think that, that projecting comforts us. And I think it's, it's sometimes, I know in my mind, I imagine stuff and it seems so real that I don't even think about what's really happening. <laughs> and, and, and I guess that, that I don't know, that's, I just know it's for me, it has been uh, not so much anymore, but comforting. Yeah, so all these things are true and, and they work together. So think of a healed mind does not plan. But when we're fantasizing about a future we don't want, what's actually happening is the ego is making a plan. 
if this happens, here's my strategy. If this happens, this is what, how I'll deal with it. If this happens, I'll be so upset. If this happens, my life will be ruined. If this happens, then that. See, the ego is always looking for how to protect itself, how to keep itself alive. And so thinking of negative outcomes, thinking of, of like negative strategies, thinking of any kind of strategy to understand things, to figure things out, to uh, make things happen, then the ego is engaged. It has something to do. And it feels like it has a purpose. And so, uh, Just feeling, hearing a little bit of background noise there. Um, so that, that's what keeps the ego engaged. It gives the ego something to do to make it alive. It has power. It's viable. Fear-mongering is the absolute, uh, it's what the ego loves to do. Loves to do. It keeps us fully in the grip of the ego. Because in order to feel safe in every moment, to feel relaxed and peaceful in every moment, we have to have trust and faith in God. Which, of course, the ego would never do. In ourselves, right? That's yeah, in our God self, in our ability to make loving choices. And when we're identified with the ego, we don't have a sense of our ability to make loving choices. So we travel right into uh, emergency preparedness. It's the name of the ego game, emergency preparedness. You think there's a little distracting, distracts the ego in a sense that it doesn't have to give us all these fear thoughts because it always feels like it has control of the fear, right? Is that, you think that's... It doesn't have to what? Because it doesn't have to keep adding to the fear. It already has control of us, right? Yeah. But it, the ego, for the ego, um, more is more. Okay. It's never enough. Mm. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Which is why the ego would literally frighten us to death. Mm. Ego would literally frighten us to death. So Jennifer, it's like believing in, in a you have believing in the belief systems that are just not true. Is where the ego yeah. is, gets its exactly energy. always right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, Jennifer, this is Rich. Hey. Hey, so, so here's my read on, on this. And, and I would agree with you about um, the sense of the, of the we, we think about future things because, as you said, we're trying to prepare to counterbalance what we believe is going to be an awful thing that's going to happen to us. And, uh, and I think it's a, it's a back and forth play between imagining like in this case with donald trump imagining he's going to terminate the rights of 
of gay people to be married or whatever the example might be. And then you think, okay, so if that happens, what do I do? You know, do I, do I, do I, you know, whatever I do, I go to Canada, I, I start a, a political movement, whatever it is that I'm going to do. But doing that, you know, I believe that I have some control over the situation. So to me, the answer to that is, is to know that trying to figure things out is never really very helpful. Uh, it keeps us all in a, like in the rat, in the mouse trap, the, the wheel going round and round and round. And so it's a matter of um, asking ourselves, as for me to ask myself, what what am I supposed to learn from this? What is the what is the thing that comes up for healing? What is the learning from this? And then to be very still and quiet and listen, and believe that Holy Spirit will give us guidance about what to do, and to release the idea that we have to figure everything out and by doing so controlling. But that's that's really not the route to go. The route to go is to believe that that uh, we need to follow guidance. I mean, I got up in the middle of the night, I couldn't sleep last night, and I was up for hours and just started to write, and that was very helpful, and I picked out a lesson in the quarter, I just put my hand in the book and read whatever came up, and that was very helpful to me as well, and just understood that to be the guidance that was that I was given to deal with this situation. Yeah, I mean, look at what spirit, I, I really appreciate that, Rich. And um, it's, it's so helpful for us to recognize any place in our mind where we're preparing for a future we do not want. Yeah. Somebody, somebody said to me earlier, and I guess this is an old AA statement, that you're paying the rent on a house that you may never even live in. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Jennifer, this is Karen. Hey, Karen. And uh, I have to say that this has been one of the toughest days that I've had. Well, well, anyway, it's um, it's really struck me at a kinesthetic level, and um, <clears throat> I couldn't even listen last night, so I went to bed. Uh, and I listened to a class. Um, but what I'm learning, what I'm practicing today is uh, what we talk about all the time in these classes, and that's about willingness. Mm -hmm. And what I find is that um, I really today am having to exercise my spiritual muscles to be willing to say, I do not know what this is for. Mm -hmm. um, my sinless brother is my guide to peace. My sinful brother is my guide to pain in which I choose to see I will behold and to just actively choose to change my thoughts. And that is really um, the only thing that has been helpful. Well, Rich has been wonderful today. Um, being with him and being able to share and to sit on our carpet and so on. Uh, it's just that... Um, I think what I am so grateful for is for uh, our, our teachers and our um, and our leaders who are still choosing the highest and the best and um, are modeling for me to trust and to rise above the small self to my highest self even when this illusion right now seems very, very, very real. And I 
I, I was aware and kinesthetically that today felt to me like the day that um, John Kennedy was assassinated and I just felt motionless. I couldn't function. I was just meandering around the house and finally we went out and I found a lovely conversation with a woman and, uh, and it changed, it began to change the energy for me. But uh, ultimately what I'm, what I'm really aware of is that I had a very clear, albeit difficult choice moment by moment to um, identify the self-talk and to listen to spirit, to recite the lessons, to know that it was entirely within my control to choose heaven or hell. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And it's, it's experiences like this give us that opportunity to recognize our mind, where it's going, what's happening, and uh, when, when we lose track of it, when we can get it back, and how we can get it back. All of this uh, becomes uh, so, so vivid in our mind. It helps us to deepen our practice. It helps us to set us free. I mean, to me, that's why if you just think about the personality of Donald Trump. It's hard to imagine, seriously, it is difficult to imagine a personality that could be more outrageous. I mean, I mean in a certain way, to me, um, and I know this is a judgment, but the, the perception is that in some ways, he's like a cartoon character. And, you know, George W. Bush, to me, in many ways, was like a cartoon character. And uh, some, some leaders are like cartoon characters because their personality is so um, two-dimensional, in a way. And uh, so bold and striking that it seems, or so... And in some cases, it might be very, very uh, quiet or timid, but you don't usually see that in a politician. And uh, I, I think many of us felt that the, the carnival nature of his personality and the, um, you know, he's like, he's like a gangster rapper, but he's a politician. He's an old white guy, you know? <laughs> who just says what he wants and, and, and changes his mind every day. I love you. I hate you. Uh, he's such a personification of the ego that many of us, I think, thought that he could never be made president of the United States. He's such a personification of grasping, wanting, needing, hating, craving, all the things that the ego is. But how perfect. <laughs> You know, I, I discovered that I went to bed early. I, like, it doesn't matter. Whatever happens is going to happen. You know, I, it, what, it doesn't mean really glowed into it and getting upset. It's not going to be helpful. So I just went to sleep at like 8 o'clock or something. I, don't, I have no idea. But I woke up at like, I don't know, 3 or 4 or something. And I'm like, and it came to mind. I'm like, and I, I definitely saw that, the, you know, <laughs> negative picture and um, 
But I went on the phone and I looked and I was surprised. I, he, I saw that he had won. And I'm like, I thought I was prepared for either or. I was surprised at how I could see the disturbance really ready for me there if I wanted to energize it. And I started to like dread and that I talked about last night. And uh, I decided not to do that. I don't know what, but I, I kind of made a joke <laughs> and helped me kind of shift my mood. Because my joke, my mind was that um, that here he, I know I know he's present for like less than a second, and he was helpful to me because I started praying <laughs> and I prayed for like a long time, and so it was helpful to me because I think I'm going to pray a lot more with him and be imprisoned. <laughs> so I think he's already helped me, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I um I wrote it about it in my blog today. Uh, about because I didn't write my blog till after um, Hillary. I was waiting for the results, and so I waited till after Hillary called him, and um, and when when I read because i couldn't watch any election coverage there was no way to watch any of it uh from where i am in thailand and so i only could refresh you know the cnn website and um uh and i was getting uh things on my phone from cnn as well and when i got the thing on my phone that said hillary had called him and conceded I just, uh, I, in that moment, I, I really felt like crying. I really was just like, I got emotional and I just was like, how did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> and I also, and I, also um, I will be honest with you, there are times when I think of Trump and my mind goes to, He's disgusting. And that's really some of what I wrote about in my blog today because I equate him with the men who remi he reminds me of who groped and fondled me and laughed about it. And, and it, really, it really hurt me, it really hurt me because I have never been treated disrespectfully by my elders like that until I was a young woman and uh, in the workplace. I'd never had experiences like that. And then I was in the workplace with men I was supposed to admire and respect and honor. And here they were being so disrespectful to me. And I, I was working with mostly men. So who was I to tell, you know, what was I gonna, what do I do with this? And um, it, it was really, uh, really challenging for me. And it also triggered, at that time, it had triggered unhealed stuff related to being uh, molested by boys in my neighborhood um, and, um, you know, um, attacked by boys, sexually molested and attacked by them. So, you know, brought up for me in my 20s, 
those experiences of, be, of having sexual predatory men around me at work um, brought up unhealed stuff from having been sexually attacked by boys and just thinking, are, are men trustworthy? You know, but my grandfathers were totally not like that. My father wasn't like that. His friends weren't like that. And, uh, you know, it brought up a lot of processing for me. So uh, in a sense, I just have equated Trump with this, this mentality that I had been wounded by when I was younger and um, so disrespected by uh, that it was shocking to me. So obviously it's bringing that up for me to heal, which is a good thing. And, uh, and I thank him for it because I, I do think he's bringing it up for most women in some way, shape or form, because, you know, three, three out of five women are, are sexually molested in the United States and uh, at some point in their life. And so, Uh, I, it was definitely a disturbance to me to equate all of that, the revulsion and the disgust and the disappointment and the hurt and everything that I had experienced in the past, now tying that to the President of the United States, which I have had times when I, I certainly did not admire the president of the United States and thought he was a criminal uh, and uh, 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 a heinous criminal, a gangster even. Um, but um, I've also, you know, I, I grew up in a household where uh, JFK was dearly loved, RFK, um, you know, even respect for Johnson and, and certainly Jimmy Carter, uh, really admired Jimmy Carter, and even to, in many ways, admiring Bill Clinton. Anyway, that's, that's me personally. So having to, I just see myself processing that stuff, and, um, and I'm glad to process it. And now, as a nation, we have a lot to process. And so it's very important for all of us to be able to do our own inner work around this and not do a spiritual bypass. Very tempting to do a spiritual bypass. Oh, it's all good. But, you know, around us, uh, many people are weeping. You know, I, I, I see some of my friends, they can't stop crying, you know, because of the meaning they make of it. It's part of, it's also part of our experience in the disillusionment. <clears throat> that was something I went through in my 20s. I became very disillusioned about the world. And it was around the time that I became suicidal. I became very disillusioned, meaning that <clears throat> I was having to give up all illusions that as an ego-identified person, I could find a way to be happy in the world. So there is an experience of disillusionment that many people are having now. And while it's painful, it is a good thing. And just give me one moment. I'm going to, there's a, a sound that just started here. I'm going to adjust it.
So, anybody else like to share? Or we could go to uh, what you were talking about, Jerry, about being afraid of war with China. Yeah, it was just, you know, those were just thoughts that just came up in my mind. And um, I, I've kind of let them go because I realize, it, again, I'm projecting and I'm judging. And another thing, just to piggyback on what you had to say about Trump and women, I said the same thing um, in the sense that um, women like me have no value. That's what I, that's what I heard him saying in the campaign. Like, uh, you know, women of my age, and we just don't matter anymore. Right. We, you know, we, we have no value. And yeah. I realized um, that it was just a belief system that I'm actually harboring, <laughs> that I, I somewhere in there think it's true. Yeah. And it's not him, it's me. It's, right. it's me. Right. And um, so at any rate, I, um, you know, I, I'm, I was just, I was just shocked. I, you know, I'm, I'm coming through those feelings that, you know, I'm realizing this is, you know, what it is. And, and I'm more interested in, in reunite, uh, you know, uniting and just moving forward um, and being open-minded too. I liked what uh, President Obama had to say. And of all people, he said, he had said, just keep an open mind. Yeah. But, I, and again, I realized that a lot of my wor worries and concerns was stuff that just didn't happen yet. You know, I like what Rich had to say, you're, you know, the house is empty, but you're paying rent. They say, you know, I think that uh, sums it up quite well of, um, of my thought system. So. I, I don't know if this is really appropriate, but it feels to me like uh, something happened Saturday. Oh, she just dropped. Can you hear it, guys hear me? Uh, I guess so. Okay. Um. I wonder if we should just wait. I can hear you. Okay. Wait, should I just continue without her being here? You think? Well, yeah, Carla, I think so. Go ahead. Okay, I will. So I just feel like I, I was prepared for this in a way that had nothing to do with it because I had something happen to me um, Saturday where I was speaking in A Course in Miracle group. And, um, and um, I started to speak and the guy just shut me down and said, you know, we're not interested in that, Carla. Uh, I really want to focus on the lessons that we're doing. And we just read about um, 
willingness. And I was talking about willingness and he shut me down. And I'm like, I just kind of looked at him like, it was kind of amazing to me. Kind of like this whole realizing this presidential thing. It was just amazing to me. Like, and nobody said anything. And that was like the whole, that's all the presidential thing that everybody, everybody's, I don't know what they're doing, but it just seemed like everybody, nobody said anything. I'm like, I just realized that I had a choice, you know, of, to just let it go or whatever. And so I let it go. And and then everybody else, that was really interesting because everybody else started doing the same thing I was doing, but he didn't do it to them. But I just let that go and let that go and let that go. And then but what I'm getting to so I let it go, but he emailed me. He emailed me a long email because I think he felt guilty explaining why he had done it, right? And so I, I actually texted Linda because I was like, my ego started like really, you know, wanting to say stuff. And um, and I started, I started writing an email. I'm like, we're just going to see what happens here. And I really started out with, I could tell it wasn't really strong, but it was ego, like trying to teach stuff. Like um, if I defend myself, I'm attacked and um, see your brothers, you know, what, you know, if your brothers acts, I didn't say this acts crazily. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know what I wrote, but I wrote three things from the course. And then I wrote, I actually mentioned a paragraph in the course I thought would be really appropriate. And then I just prayed and um, I, I don't know when I did this actually, but all of a sudden my email just changed and it, it started becoming like, said, I'm just grateful for this experience because it really helped me to see, I, I understand, I think you're just trying to be helpful. I really, I see this email as trying to be helpful, trying to be, you know, you know, you're only trying to, to, to touch the, the love in your heart. And I, I really see that. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the experience and that I get to choose. I get to choose to be loving back. And it's just really amazing how it started out one way. It's like this presidential thing. So I think it prepared me for this, this thing that happened today because I'd already shifted in a really challenging situation just like three days ago. And it helped me to trust myself that I could do that, that I could, um, that I didn't have to do anything but come from my heart, you know? And that's when you go into worry and thinking and analyzing, that's where you leave it. You leave your heart. And I'm not interested in that anymore. I, I do it plenty. But when I remember that I want to go back to my heart because that's where I want to live from. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Just, I just feel like I had a, it was helpful. I didn't see it at the moment, but I realized today oh, this was like helping me. Yeah. so that I could react today. And it just was so amazing how that stuff kind of happens. And I didn't probably recognize it all my life <laughs> from seeing it more. Yeah.
Well said, Carla. It's, um, it's so helpful to have these kinds of incidents to work with our mind. Mm -hmm. I notice for myself that I uh, generally, when I think of Trump, I just, I, I, I feel so much love for him because look at the job he's doing. He's, he's, uh, he's representing our ego so well. <laughs> And I think even a lot of people who voted for him don't like him or are repulsed by him, but they, they felt that he was the person who was going to bring the changes they wanted to see and not Hillary. You know, and I think that's the thing for a lot of people in this election uh, that we've never had an election where people hated both candidates. They hated them. That's the whole thing with my sister. She she hates the Clintons. Just it doesn't matter anything. So she was going to vote for Trump no matter what. I don't even I didn't want to talk to her about anything, but I I think you're right. And so imagine that people are willing to de dedicate their life to representing these things and to take all that intense hatred uh and to to support all humanity in healing their mind it's pretty amazing and you can think of maybe the things that you feel repulsed by in someone else and look well how am i like that or how am i uh hiding the ways in which I feel those same impulses. You know, like I was thinking about yesterday, like what kind of interesting healing and transformation will come from having a first lady who used to be a nude model. Just like thinking about that. that that's, that's an amazing thing. We've never had that before. You know, people think nude modeling is, is great or they think nude modeling is base and disgusting all that stuff is going to come up for healing stuff about this body's nicer than that body and this is you know stuff about immigrants well now the first lady she's an immigrant stuff is coming up for healing Anybody who hasn't shared like to say something?
so I think one of the things for us here is, were you going to share something, Lawrence? Um, I think it's real good practice for forgiveness, for seeing the face of Christ in our brother, and that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's what brings peace. That's what brings peace. Because seeing the face of Godzilla in our brother is only going to terrorize ourselves. You know? We have someone uh, with an 814 phone number. I'm not sure who that is. That's me. I had to uh, disconnect from the Zoom meeting and call in on my phone because I kept getting bumped off. Ah. This one. Hey, Linda. Hey. So let's also see how we can be more help to our brothers and sisters. Because anybody else talking with friends and family, like Linda uh, shared, where uh, it's, it's challenging? And how do you not fall into a negative conversation? And so, for instance, I haven't talked to anybody in my family uh, but I, I, I'm preparing for that, and in a sense, uh, and uh, certainly don't wish to have a conversation about you know how how negative a, a thing this is because it's not how I see it. But I also, if I say to them like Lawrence just said, if I say to them, well, I'm just seeing the face of Christ in him and like I do in everybody else, everyone in my family would be like, oh, you're no use to me. <laughs> they would be like, why, why would I even talk with you? You're, you're useless. Seriously, you know. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't wish to disengage from my family. So being able to have a conversation with them just like we were talking about with Linda, with her sister, where they can express how they're feeling. People have to process how they're feeling. And to be able to do it constructively and, and really be truly helpful. And the other thing is, is, is really to, to encourage people to uh, take loving action. I, I remember um, there, uh, when there was the whole Proposition 8 uh, in California about uh, same-sex marriage. And uh, I, we, in, in my spiritual community, which I founded, co-founded with Jesse Brune, we were... Um, we did some initiatives to volunteer 
at the LG, LA LGBT Center to uh, support the, the efforts around Prop 8. And um, there was a thing where we were going to volunteer at, at the center uh, there to um, support that work. And I was surprised. I was the only one that showed up to volunteer. And I'm the, the straight person in the community, and I'm the one showing up to volunteer. I thought, well, this is very interesting. So uh, a lot of times there are things that people can do to get involved. And um, not just go, you know, here's the thing is, about the way things are right now, it is what it is. And we can hold it in our mind as uh, an opportunity for us to work with our mind and to know the highest and best. It doesn't mean that in this moment, the highest and best is unfolding because if people are making low choices, the highest and best is not unfolding. The highest and best is unfolding given that people are making low choices, unloving choices. And everything does work together for good. However, um, it's not that we simply say, um, there's nothing I can do about it. Because that is never the case. As spiritual students, there is never a moment ever when there's nothing I can do about it. We always can know the truth about it. We always can invoke <clears throat> the violet flame. We can always pray. We can always do ho'oponopono. We can always do spiritual practice. There's never nothing we can do about it. We always can work with our mind about it. And so one of the things that I find very helpful in talking with people who feel downhearted, who feel like a victim, they often feel like there's nothing they can do about it. And so to actually, and this might work well for your sister, Linda, is say, well, what can you do to ensure your rights? What can you do to ensure the rights of future generations? What can you do? You know, is it, you're telling me that she's not really a core student, not really uh, a spiritual student maybe, um, but still, even someone who's not got a spiritual practice, there are still things they can do Mm -hmm. that will help them to feel empowered. There are loving choices that they can make. Yeah, it's just a matter of figuring out what those are. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I said in a recent blog or something like that. I, I, I said, you know, people look at the world sometimes and they think, if God was real, if God was really here, why would God let this happen? Where's God? Where did God go that this would happen? God's left the building. Chaos is in charge. You know, the devil is in charge. And to which I say, when you're asking God, why aren't you doing something about this? God, if God were a man, God would say, well, that's why I sent you. You are my representative. 
what would you like to do about it? Because it's the one mind that created it. You're part of the one mind. What would you like to think, to know, to do in order to shift it? Should we answer that? Sure. You know what came to my mind is it to believe, to not believe. I, I guess it's to hold the possibility that anything can happen. Not just what I think is going to happen from looking at the past and what we says and stuff like that, but that there's so many more possibilities. And so I just want to hold that, hold that in my mind. Yeah, and then, and you can even take it one step further and hold what you'd like to have happen in your mind. I find that kind of limiting sometimes because <laughs> sometimes what I'd like, it holds me back. You know, what I think is helpful what I think is a want or whatever. And then things happen and I just allow and then things happen. It's like so much better <laughs> than I imagined, you know? So I, I kind of, I mean, maybe it's, I don't know. Is it, I don't know if it's, sometimes it feels unhelpful and I don't, then that um, I'm letting go of kind of, a, imagining trying to uh i guess it's the planning or uh, it's all those things that like just letting go of what i want what i think what i think you know and more yes, stuff and, comes to me. yes and because remember that this world is a projection of what we're holding in our mind <sighs> and it's never not going to be that so, so holding in our mind peace throughout the world, mm. complete harmony. I don't think I've gotten there yet. I think I still have the disbelief I can go to the middle road and not hold the negative. You know, I think that's what I can do so far right now. Uh-huh. So, because I, I'm, uh, what I'm holding for Trump is that he's going to have that Saul to Paul moment on the road to Damascus. That's what I thought. That's what came to me. That's the possibility. That's one of the, that's what came to me, too. Donald is the new Paul. <laughs> hmm. I think what I would like to do is to empty the rice bowl and make my mind as empty as I can about my, and release my limiting beliefs and blocks of love and judgments about Mr. Trump and make my mind so blank that it opens a space for Holy Spirit to guide me and to fill my mind with love and to, and to fill my love with, to fill my, my mind with direction, you know, about what to do. 
So I, I, I used to try to figure everything out, but I'm working very hard to release figuring it out and just being still and quiet and wait for direction. Yes. Beautifully said. Another thing that comes to my mind is something that my uncle was talking about um, at family dinner today, where he was ranting and raving about the um, African Americans not turning out at the um, voting places and how that could have made the difference. But we can't change the past, mm. basically, what told him. Did I get dropped again? I hit the mute button by accident. I thought, I thought it was me. I logged out and everything because of... <laughs> Yeah, I see Linda jumped out too. Sorry about that, folks. Um, uh, so in the practitioner training, I was taught not to touch a client and not to uh, even to some degree, if they were crying, uh, to just gently 
put Kleenex in their hand, not even to offer them the Kleenex box, just to put it in their hand, to do whatever I could to avoid interrupting them. So that training came so strong for me uh, that uh, to a certain degree, I, I got into a space of when people were upset and crying and things like that, uh, emotional friends, family, clients, uh, my... Um, Linda, sorry, I, I came unmuted and I didn't realize it. Um, and I, I mean, I came muted. I got muted. I didn't realize it. Uh, so I would sometimes feel like I didn't know what to do. Just hold the light and hold the space for someone when they were upset and freaked out, crying, uh, and to not engage too much with it, not to encourage it, not to discourage it, but just give them the space. Just give them a space. It's fine. You know, people can have their stuff. And what I learned from Venerable is when people would talk about being really upset and distressed, particularly in a small group, she would often go, aw, <laughs> aw and have that sympathetic response um, or empathetic response. And I realized how valuable that can be. So it's not really, in a certain sense, it's not validating uh, the beliefs, but just really validating the person is going through some emotional stuff. And what I know for many spiritual students is we can have an absolute aversion to people's crazy thinking and their false beliefs. And um, I know for me, uh, one of the things I had to work with was people would tell me, like you've heard me talk about it, a friend of mine, a minister friend of mine called me and said, um, can I just, uh, I, I just had something very upsetting happen. Can I just unload my upset on you or with you? And you don't give me any advice. Don't tell me how to look at it spiritually or anything. Let me just get it all out. And then we can look at it spiritually. And I said, yes, go have at it. You know, just because when someone is just newly expressing something for the first time, they don't want any advice. They don't want any higher perspective. They just need to, to express it and get it out. And some people really need to talk about it quite a bit before they feel they have expressed it. They have understood it themselves. And so sometimes people will need to say it over and over and over again before they really feel like they have processed it, they've spoken it, they've had some understanding of it. And if we interrupt all that, we're not helping them. So it's how we hold the space while they're doing that that's helpful to them. And the temptation sometimes can be for spiritual students is to make them wrong and to interrupt them. Because we, we personally have an aversion to the stinking thinking. But then it's for us to work with our aversion. So I think we're going to get a lot of healing in that kind of an area in, in the next while here, talking with friends and family and coworkers and things like that.
One of the things I'd like to talk about uh, coming up is for um, those folks who are enrolled in the year three class, um, what is it that you would like if you're interested in continuing in Masterful Living, what is it that would support you uh, next year? Because uh, year two this year has been different than it has uh, been in recent years. And I'm looking at uh, the different classes and, and feeling what, uh, what I'm called to and guided to next year. And I'd love to hear from anyone who's in the year three class uh, what you would like for next year. So you can always email me. Uh, we can do a one-on-one -on -one and talk about it. Uh, we can talk about it in class, all these options. So just uh, speaking to those of you in the actual year three class. Anybody have any other thoughts that they'd like to share or bring up today? This is Karen, and I just um, want to say thank you to everyone for showing up tonight to have this conversation and to lift each other and to keep us focused on what is real. And um, yeah, it's extremely helpful to me. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's go into prayer. So grateful and so thankful right here and now to open our hearts and minds to the highest possibility of love revealing itself in our life, in our awareness, in our experiences, in our mind, in our heart, in our heart, in our heart. We are grateful and thankful to take this breath of love and gratitude together and to remember that our true nature and our true identity is already free. It's already whole, already perfect. And it is the same nature and the same true identity as every other being on this planet. We are grateful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to remember to know and to recognize the Christ light within us all. So grateful and so thankful to consciously invoke the violet flame to soak and saturate every being, every particle of life, every aspect of Mother Earth and our whole human experience. We're calling upon beloved Master Saint Germain and all the violet flame angels and the masters of the violet flame to call forth limitless oceans and waves of continuous violet flame penetrating every being, every kingdom, every particle of life on earth with waves and waves of violet flame energy. What I know, what we know for every being of this earth is more peace and more love and more joy. So grateful and so thankful that we are gratefully offloading all ego attachments known and unknown, felt and not felt. 
recognized and unrecognized and we are grateful to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them so our healing prayer benefits all we are grateful and thankful to call forth a blessing for everyone in the United States and all the beings of the earth so grateful to know this truth is our liberation in gratitude we let it be and so it is amen 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 i love you god bless you god bless america <laughs> bye love you love you all Good night. Bye-bye. Good to be with you. Thanks, Jennifer. Bye, everybody.